Are you new here? Have you been here a while but wondered who we really are? In this church, you'll find real people excited about the mission God has for them. You'll find meaning and direction in a true community of believers. You'll find life experiences shared and stories worth remembering. You'll find giving and serving in real relationships. You'll find passionate worshipers growing better together. You'll find laughter and tears and people taking chances. But ultimately, you'll find true belonging and purpose in the one who made you. In this church, we believe that your life was never meant to be lived alone and that love can write your story. We are the church, the body of Christ, the hope for this world. Good morning, would you please rise for our first song.
Good morning, everybody. Let us go to God in prayer. So if you would, please bow your heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we're thankful for you this morning. We worship you. We praise your name in front of everybody here. Lord, this morning I ask that you bless the message we're about to receive, the music we're going to play, the fellowship. And Lord, we ask that you specifically this morning look down and bless those who are brokenhearted, those who are lonely. Lord, we pray for them this morning. And in all of this, we pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Angels and 
very good morning to each and every one of you. Thank you very much. We make our beginning this morning in that name that was placed upon us in our baptism, that name that has gathered us together into the body of his Son, the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Together we join in the confession of our sins, that we've come through these doors carrying all kinds of different things. We go to our Heavenly Father with that confession. Heavenly Father, your desire is to bless your children here on this earth and for eternity. In your word, you show me how by your grace and mercy I have received one blessing on top of another. Lord, I confess that my sin has caused me to miss out on your blessings. My sin of selfishness, laziness, and rebellion has separated me from you. By the power of your Holy Spirit, show me my sin and remind me of your love that you have expressed through the sending of your Son, Jesus. May the good news of his suffering, death, and resurrection empower me to live as your child. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, in the mercy of our almighty God, he sent his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. He sent him for you. To live, to die, to be raised back to life. That in him we might have that forgiveness of sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, please be seated. We're going to pass around our prayer baskets, those prayers that will be used a little later in our our service, and we'll also collect our offerings. my old friend I've come to talk with you again because this fog of doubt is not lifting convinces me that you are not listening and the darkness that takes residence in my brain still remains within the sound of silence in my struggle I walked alone the loneliness became my home no words of comfort could restore my hope despair had brought me to the end of my rope then my eyes were stabbed by the flash of his loving light that split the night and touched the sound of silence my child said God your pain I know Depression like a cancer grows Hear my words that I might hide, teach you Take my arms that I might hide, reach you Don't let my words like silent raindrops 
Boys and girls, it's time for the children's message, so come on up front. Come on up here and find a seat on the floor. I brought some toys with me today. Come on up. All right, can anyone tell me? What I have in my hand. What? Airplane. airplane. That's right, an airplane. And what do you do with an airplane? Throw it. Fly it. Let's try it. See how it works. You want to? All right. Let's see. Look at that. There's three in here. Let's try this one. That didn't work. How about maybe this one will fly better? No? Do you think this one will fly better? No. Why not? You have to put it together? Are you sure? Do you mean like this? If I just hold them all like this and throw it, it'll work better? No? What do you? All right. Well, let's try this then. All right. So this looks like a wing. Let's try putting that one in. All right. There's a wing. Where's this one go? On the back. On the back? Okay. There's that. And actually, there's even more pieces in here. What else could there be? Stickers? There could be stickers. A propeller? Propeller, yeah. There's a propeller in here and a nose cone. I don't know if I can get the propeller in there. It's really tiny. Let's try. Let's see. This goes through the hole. And then it's supposed to fit into a hole in the end of the nose cone. 
Uh-oh. These pieces are really small. You know what? Let's forget the propeller. We'll just go with the nose cone. How about that? All right. Now do you think it's actually going to fly? Yes, no. We'll try it. We'll try it. Are you ready? Hey, that flew, didn't it? You can fly it back to me? Nice. Look at that. You want to try flying it to me? Whoa, that one really went. Good job. So why didn't it fly before? It wasn't put together. That's right. So the pieces have to be all connected, right? You know, that makes me think about how God created us. When God created Adam, the first man, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. So he created Eve. And then after that, he said, this is very good. Because God created us not to be alone, right, but be con to be connected to other people, just like this airplane. It flies when it's all connected, right? But by pieces by themselves, doesn't go very good. Yeah. So when we're alone, we can feel lonely, can't we? Yeah. How, what does somebody need who, fe who feels lonely? How do, they, how do we make someone not feel lonely? What do you think? Um, they, need they need another person. That's right. Where would we find another person? Do you know where there's other people? Yeah, where? Neighbors. Neighbors, that's right. Hmm, I wonder if there's any in here. Do you think there's any, any people in here? No people in here? Yes, yeah. Where? Where is it? All over, that's right. Raise your hand if you're a person. Whew, good, you all raised your hand. All right, yes. So are you telling me that if I see somebody all alone and lonely, I can just go up to them? Yeah. And what do I do when I go up to them? Talk, play with them? Yeah. Maybe I could see if they wanted to play with an airplane, huh? Yeah. And you know what? When we do go to someone and be their neighbor, be their friend in their loneliness, it's kind of like the airplane, right? When we're connected with people, we soar. We're all by ourselves. It's not so good, right? So we can help people soar, and we can soar by being neighbors and friends to lonely people, right? That's pretty cool that God created us to be connected with each other, to be connected to him, right? And you know what? I've got airplanes for everyone. But before I give them to you, let's pray, all right? Can you fold your hands, bow your heads, and repeat after me? Dear Jesus, thank you for creating us to be connected to you and to be connected to each other. Help us to be a friend to the lonely. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thank you for coming up. Everybody can grab one of these and head back to your seat. And I'm going to challenge you. Try to think of someone who you think might be lonely. And you can take the airplane and you can ask them if they would like to play. Or you could share the airplane with them. That would be a way to be a friend to someone who's lonely, wouldn't it? Oh.
Thank you, Greg, for your message. And I told him this after first service, I'm going to need one of those planes as well to go home today. I got one for you. Very good. In the name of Jesus, dear friends, amen. Let me introduce myself a little bit this morning. I'm Pastor Chris Ramstead. Uh, Our congregation just calls me Pastor Chris. It's a lot simpler. Uh, It's great to be with you this morning. My counterpart, Pastor Pat Sparling, was with you last week. And uh, I have to tell you, he warned me a little bit. He gave me a little warning this week that I was really going to enjoy preaching in jeans. You know, usually it's, uh, it's all black, a little bit of white up here. I'm not used to being in this much blue In fact, I had a little bit of a panic moment this morning in front of my closet. Every Sunday, I wear the same thing, and today was a bit of a choice. In fact, this was my second option. I want to show you what the first one was. Take a look at this guy. And I wanted to bring it along because I get to say three words that Pastor Thielen will never say up on this stage. Let's go, Chiefs. So, big day. I... I have to say, I was a little nervous I'd come in and everybody would be in Packer green, but I'm thankful. I even saw a couple Chiefs fans out there wearing their shirts. It's good to be with you as we talk about, won't you be my neighbor? And we're wrapping up this series, this idea of how do we treat those around us? How do we be a neighbor to those around us? And, you know, we've been focusing on Mr. Rogers and, and that idea of when he comes and he sings that song. And I know Pastor Spartan last week told you he really hadn't seen a lot of Mr. Rogers. I'm the exact opposite. I remember every morning as a kid waking up and going to the television set. We had one right there in the kitchen, so I'd eat my breakfast. And here would come Mr. Rogers on the TV, and he'd sing that song, and he'd change his cardigan and his shoes and I have to even admit this morning, there was a time in college for a a project, I dressed like Mr. Rogers and came into the song and did the whole thing. Mr. Rogers is one of those inspiring people to us, isn't he? Because he was empowering. He would empower us to think a little bit differently about how we treat those around us and how we be a better neighbor to those around us. And this morning, it might seem like an odd topic when we're gathered in such a large room, when we're gathered with all those around us, that we're going to talk about loneliness, being a neighbor to the lonely. But you see, there's a lot of lies that we tell ourselves when it comes to loneliness. And one of those has to do with people, right? We lie to ourselves. We say that as long as I'm with people, I won't be lonely. We know that's not quite true, is it? You can be in a huge group of people and still feel loneliness. In fact, this morning we see in Genesis chapter 2 that God the Father, he's been creating everything. He's been creating the fish of the sea and the animals on the land and trees and stars and moon and sun. And it's good, it's good, all things are good. And then Genesis chapter 2, do you remember what God says? He says, it is not good. That should catch our attention. Right, it breaks the pattern. It is not good. What's not good? That the man should be alone. You see, our God has a way of reaching into lonely lives and bringing his love. And that's what he does to that man, to Adam in the Garden of Eden. He brings in his love. He creates for Adam a suitable companion, Eve, to join him in the garden. A companion that will love and cherish him as a husband and a wife. You know, in our lives, oftentimes, 
we have those crazy ideas that we can fix our own loneliness. And sometimes we hear this from people around us. Maybe you've even said some of these things. If only I had a blank, then I would be happy. Then I wouldn't be lonely anymore. But, you know, sometimes we actually live that way. It's that idea of God helps those who help themselves, right? If only I had a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, a wife, uh, more activities with people that would keep me engaged, a pet at home, right? Then I wouldn't be lonely. And you know, none of those things are bad. They're all great gifts from God. But it's when we live by that lie that we kind of help ourselves when we have these things that can lead us down a dark path. One of those lies of loneliness is that loneliness is a sin. No, loneliness in itself is not a sin, but it can lead us to a very sinful place, can't it, when we leave it unchecked? You know, when we leave our loneliness alone, it can lead us down all kinds of dark paths, covetous places, where we want those things that our neighbors have and that we don't. It might even make us idolatrous at times when we put those relationships in life before our God. And it's that tough balance between loneliness and, well, understanding what God has already given us in our life, those good blessings of our God. You know, we see this a lot, especially upon our youth, upon our kids, junior high and high school. It's like the worst time for this, right? It's that idea that everybody has to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a relationship or a date to that dance or that special event or, or they'll be lonely, right? They'll miss out. And it's those lies that we kind of leap on ourselves, those lies about loneliness, and you know, Satan likes to use loneliness as a foothold in our lives, if we let him. Satan will use that loneliness to take us into those dark places where we can fall into that sin that has laid a trap for us. But take heart, dear friends, this morning. Take heart because we're not alone. In fact, in the Bible, we see all kinds of situations, all kinds of stories of those that were lonely. Can you think about a few of them? Think about all those times that we see someone lonely. I think about Moses running away from Egypt, running away from where he had spent his childhood, his home, running away to, did he really even know? Loneliness. And yes, even when he's surrounded by all of God's people, they've crossed the Red Sea. Do you remember what happens? The people turn on him. And they say, we had it better in Egypt. We were fed. We had water. We had everything we wanted. And you brought us out here. How dare you? They turn on Moses. Do you think he was lonely? I think about Elijah. Do you remember the story of Elijah where he's running for his life away from Queen Jezebel, King Ahaz? And finally he gets to the point of exhaustion. He just collapses beneath a broom tree. He says, I'm all alone. There's nobody else. I'm all alone. See, we're in good company when it comes to loneliness. We see that people experience it in our time today, all of our neighbors around us, but we also see it in the Bible model as well. And do you remember how God responds? We're going to take a look at Isaiah chapter 41 this morning. This is what the prophet Isaiah says, starting at verse 8. But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, 
You whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its furthest corners, saying to you, you are my servants. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do we remember Jacob and his story? Do you remember Jacob, that one who would pull the wool over his father's eyes? The one who, with the help of his mother, would trick brother and father into a blessing and a birthright? A bit of a trickster as we remember him, right? And then all of a sudden he's on the run. He has to flee from his brother Esau all alone. He runs off lonely. And in his loneliness, do you remember what he does? He lays down to sleep and he pulls over a nearby rock. He didn't have his my pillow with him that day, right? He pulls over a rock and he lays down on it. And we might think, how much sleep are you going to get on a rock, right? And yet he has that great dream. That dream of that ladder extending from earth up to heaven. The angels ascending and descending on it. And do you remember what God says to him? God responds to Jacob on the run in his sin, in his loneliness. He says, behold, I am with you and will go wherever you go. In fact, that's what God has said throughout all history to those that have been lonely. To Moses, do you remember what he says to give him assurance when he sends Moses back to Egypt? I go with you. To Elijah on that voice on the mountain as he passes by, do you remember? He tells him, you are not alone. In fact, there are 7,000 others that have not bowed down to Baal. We are not alone. That's God's message to us, that he is with us always. He will not leave us, nor will he forsake us. That's the promise of our God. In fact, the promise of our God tells us that in that loneliness, our God acts. He doesn't just talk about being with us. He shows it in what he has done. Did you hear all the I language inside here? I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. See, God is in action when it comes to our loneliness. Do we feel it as God reaches into our lives in those moments of loneliness and he fills us with his Love instead. Did you hear that he even called Abraham my friend? Right? Isn't that something that we have a God that reaches out to us and calls us friends? We can truly say we are friends with God. And you know that acting of God, that acting on our behalf in the midst of our loneliness, in the midst of times of sin and shame, God sends his son. He sent Jesus for you and for me to live to die, and to rise again. And you know, when we think about Jesus, maybe we don't think about loneliness, at least not right away. But it's had me thinking this last week because I did a Bible study at our congregation. We were doing a Bible study from Luke chapter 4, the temptation of Jesus. And it follows right after that beautiful baptism scene. We love that picture of the Spirit descending upon Jesus like a dove, the voice of God the Father coming over him. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. It's the Trinity, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all in one spot. That encouraging voice of God coming over his Son. Why? Because he's about to be tempted. God's about to send him off. He's going to follow the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days. No food, no comfortable place to rest. 
Satan's going to tempt him. And I asked our Bible class this week, I asked, what's the worst part of the temptation of Jesus? What would have been the worst part of those 40 days? Would it be the nagging hunger that Jesus would have experienced? You know, Satan comes to tempt him with those rocks that he can turn into bread, right? Probably sounded pretty good. Was it that he didn't have a pillow to rest his head upon? He would have been uncomfortable for 40 days. Was it the bad company that Satan kept coming and trying to tempt him in various ways? Or was it more than that, that for 40 days, Jesus was lonely? Loneliness and our Savior. You know, one of those lies that we tell ourselves is that nobody understands. When I'm lonely, nobody gets it. Right? Nobody feels the same way I do. Nobody experiences these same things that I'm experiencing when I'm lonely. Jesus does. Do we see that picture of loneliness as Jesus is hung upon the cross for us? Do you remember what he cries out? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me here on the cross alone? Jesus was lonely for us. The good news that we have this morning is we have a Savior, we have a God who gets it. He lived it for you and for me. And what did we say about our God? Our God has a way of reaching down into lonely lives and filling us with his love instead. And we see that in Jesus Christ. I have another piece of scripture I'd like to share with you this morning. John chapter 4. We're going to see Jesus and his interactions with a woman. A woman who is alone. Chapter 4, starting at the fifth verse, this is what it says. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, then you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with. The well is deep. Where are you going to get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Scripture tells us in John chapter 4, this woman at the well was there at the sixth hour of the day. Noon, hottest part of the day. It's getting warm outside. And she's alone. Why is she alone? Where's everybody else in the town? Aren't they going to come get water too? No, they've come at a sensible time. They came in the morning when it was cool. They came to come and draw that water together as a community, together. What about this woman? You know, the longer that conversation goes with Jesus, the more we find out about her, don't we? We find out that she's been married five times. Married five times. 
In fact, the man that she's living with now is not her husband. Why has this woman come to the well at the hottest part of the day alone? Shame. In her shame, in her emptiness, in her loneliness, she's come to that well to draw water. And this woman is shocked when Jesus comes along, right? And the fact that she's shocked when Jesus starts talking to her too, right? After all, she's a sinful, shameful, Samaritan woman, right? We heard Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus was an upright, upstanding Jewish male. What's he doing talking to a woman like this? In fact, the disciples are shocked too, aren't they? They come back from buying food in the city, and it says they're shocked to see Jesus talking to this woman at the well, a Samaritan, Doesn't he know her shame? But yet Jesus reaches out to that woman, doesn't he? Notice that Jesus goes to her. Right? He doesn't wait for her to come to him. Jesus goes to her. He reaches out. You could say he even breaks into her story, if you will. That he inserts himself into her story. He finds her in the midst of her sin, her shame, her loneliness. Jesus shows her love. Remember what we keep saying this morning. God has a way of reaching out to the lonely and filling them with his love. And do you notice the reaction of the woman at the end of this story? For those of you that know this story, well, what does the woman do? She actually goes all the way throughout that town and she starts telling, come and see the man who's told me everything I ever knew about myself. Remember, this woman that was too ashamed to sit at the well with the rest of her town, she goes out and she shares what has been shared with her, that living water that was offered to her. Dear friends, this morning, as we sit together in this large room and we talk about loneliness, and maybe we came through those doors with sin, with shame, maybe even with that loneliness as we sit in this crowded room together. What does Jesus do for us? But the same exact thing he did for that woman at the well. He fills us with that living water. He fills us with his love. That living water reminds us of our baptism. When we were baptized in his name, that we have a powerful name put upon us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 6, Paul writes that our sin was buried with him, buried with Christ Jesus in baptism. Our sin is gone. Our shame is gone. And what do we get instead? Life and salvation in Jesus Christ our Lord, that living water. What about being a good neighbor? How do we neighbor those around us, especially when they're dealing with loneliness? Maybe some of them are even living in those lies of loneliness. They might even be telling them those lies over and over again. How do we be a neighbor to them? Well, we do it as Jesus did. We reach out. Sometimes that means bursting into their story, finding them wherever they are, probably not near a well, but wherever it may be. In fact, we might even have some people in mind this morning that need to hear what Jesus offers to them. We need to find them where they are. It might be in the midst of their sin. It might be in the midst of their shame. It might be in the midst of terrible loneliness. And yet Jesus has called us to go and do as he has done. 
to share that good news of what he has done for us, that love that we have, that God has a way of taking lonely lives and filling them with his love. Sometimes it means getting out of our comfort zones a little bit, trying something new, trying something that kind of falls in our lap at times. In fact, I came across a story, one last story to share with you this morning. This comes from Des Moines, Iowa. It was a hospital employee, and his name was Dane. And as Dane was working at the hospital, specifically working with little kids, he saw kids that were on death's doorstep, kids that were suffering, kids that were scared, nervous, afraid, parents that didn't know what to do. And as Dane started visiting, he realized there was something that he could do. He started bringing children's books to the hospital. He'd actually go to the library, check out children's books on his own card, bring them to the hospital, and he would spend time with those kids as they laid in that hospital bed. You see, that need kind of fell right into his lap, even in that place where he worked. I don't know about you guys and how you spend your extra time. He was going to spend it in that place where he works, reaching out to the lonely, reaching out even to kids that maybe weren't responding Maybe he wasn't even sure if they were aware, but what did he do? He brought comfort to those children. He brought peace of mind to those parents. You can almost kind of feel their hearts melting as they watch this doctor, this employee at the hospital, read to their children. And as they were interviewing Dane and asking him about reading these stories, even the kids that sometimes were unresponsive to him, he said this. He said, they can still hear. And sometimes it helps to let them know that they're not alone, that someone is there for them. Dear friends, in our community, right here around us, there are people that are waiting to hear it from you, that they're not alone. They have a God that loves and cherishes them just as he loves and cherishes you. What has God called us to do today? What is he putting right in your lap, that need of your neighbor, that neighbor that may be struggling with anything, that neighbor that might be very lonely? What is God calling you to do today? After all, we have a God that has a way of reaching into lonely lives and giving his love. And this morning we say, God, please help us. Help us not to live according to the lies of loneliness, Help us not to give in to the pressures that we feel. Help us to stay away from sin, but rather to follow your call, to follow that call to reach out to our neighbor around us with your love. Help us to show that we are not alone, that we have a God who loves us, who tells us he will never leave us and never forsake us. It's in your name we say, amen. Leave it all behind Yeah, leave it all behind Leave it all behind Leave it all behind I have what you need But you keep on searching I've done all the work But you keep on working when you're running on empty and you can't find the remedy, just come to the well 
You can spend your whole life Chasing what's missing But that empty inside It just ain't gonna listen Nothing can satisfy And the world leaves you high and dry Just come to the well And all who When your last prayer is spoken Just rest in my arms a while You'll feel the change, my child When you come to the well family 
as they begin her passing to you, Father. Please ease their souls as she comes to you. Her fight with liver cancer was short, but she's ready to be home with her father. Prayers for a friend who is having back surgery and his son who has had a stroke. Please be with them. Please pray for Brenda Miller. She has tumors on her kidney. Please pray for Tiffany for good results from scans this week, for they are very crucial. Continuing prayers for our grandma, grandson who is recovering from a car accident. Be with him. He has a long recovery before him. Prayers for safe travel for Michael, who is driving today and tomorrow from North Carolina to Rhode Island for his job in the military. I pray for my family and friends to stay safe. I pray for my brother to keep going strong in the Army. I pray for everyone, for everything. My desire is to have more of the power of the Holy Spirit in my life to serve Jesus in truth and glorify him. God, help us love our enemies as you love us. For those in SOS treatment, to all our peers. Thank you, Jesus, for our children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. Thank you for all the blessings you've given to us. Thank you, God, for helping shoveling my walks. Driveway, Kim, who works at Pet Care, even brought me a pizza last night. Bless her. Gracious God, these are the prayers of your people, those that are on our hearts and those that are unspoken. Lord, there are so many here that are, are lonely in your midst. And, uh, we just ask that you'll continue to show us, to bring us to the well, to the living water, and to the word. And we know that uh, with you, we'll never be lonely and we will never be alone. Lord, there are many that are hurting that need your healing powers and you are the great physician. And we'll ask that you'll just guide the medical teams to bring that comfort and healing that only you can provide. Lord, help us to be bold and courageous that we may we may enter into those lives who are suffering and lonely today, as Jesus did and taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That strong name has been placed upon us in our baptism, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And together we join in that confession of our faith, the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. 
our God hasn't called us to be lonely. He's called us to come together. We call that the body of Christ. And here we are this day, gathered as that body of Christ, and now God is sending that body out into his world to share the love that's been shown to us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Here you go, Pastor Chris. I want to make sure that you got an airplane before you left. <laughs> Thank you for being with us today. A couple announcements this morning. First of all, if you are a guest with us, we are very thankful that you are here worshiping with us. We'd love to have a chance to meet you. Um, we invite you to stop by Next Steps before you leave. We have a welcome gift for you. Um, also, if today's your first day or you've been coming for a while and want to learn more about who we are as a church, what we believe, our history, our mission, we'd invite you to stick around after worship from noon to 2. We're having a new disciple launch, and that's our version of a new member class, um, although there's no high pressure to join. If you just want to come and learn more about who we are and, and get to know us a little bit more, love to have you stick around for that. Um, also, starting next week, our year-end giving statements will be available in an effort to make things um, easier for everyone. Uh, giving profiles from husbands and wives are being joined so that you get one giving statement. Although, if you prefer to keep them separate, see Chad Van Cleve, our treasurer, after worship. He'll be at Next Steps. Uh, you can also contact the church office, and we'll make sure to keep those uh, profiles separate. Uh, also, I'm really excited about this. We have a concert coming up with some really great artists. Chris has more information on that, but first let's watch this video. excited about this concert, but what you guys didn't see while that video was playing was Corey's daughter's over here bouncing to the music, so I think she's excited for it, too. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Hey, we're looking forward to it. These three artists will be here on March 12th. Uh, the concert starts at 7 o'clock. Uh, these are Dove Award-winning artists, so it's, it's pretty neat to see these guys are coming here. Um, and on the screens, you can see there's ticket information. There's a QR code. You can scan that with your phone. You just open up your smartphone camera, and it'll take you to iTickets, or you can go to iTickets.com, search out the event, or Go to 1cchurch.com and look for the Variety Tour page. Uh, you can order tickets off there, too. That takes you to iTickets as well. So we're looking forward to it. Can't wait. It'll be a great night. Would you guys please rise for our last song? Life gets tough 
Do time get hard? And it's hard to find the truth in all the lies. And if you're tired and wondering why your heart isn't healing, there's this light tokens you lost in a long discreet. Get something in. 